Hey, this will be the hopefully the first episode that you listen to called Black Hole. This is a big deal, like to to really lay out for you uh, what's going to happen in these. Uh, there's approximately right now I have about 25 uh, stories that I'm going to share with you, and I need to uh, put this framework into place. And the, you know, the word just said, you know, give them this framework for. Uh, this phase double O, 25 stories, galactic progeny. And so th- that's where I want to start. And because of the nature of what we're working through, uh, there's a lot of uh, parabolic language that, and maybe language that probably that you've, you're not used to or accustomed to. And I'd ask the Lord, why use these odd phrases and terminologies and one of the reason why is because for two reasons one is because we've got so dull in our hearing you know when you hear the word like john's 316 that everybody like hears john 316 but they don't really think about what john 316 uh is saying and so uh so the word will often speak in parabolic language to cause our ears to ring so he's either doing that or he's making it where uh, the people that are not going to be drawn to him and are conflicted with his message are going to just dismiss his word altogether. And so it's, it's usually for one of two reasons that the Lord speaks in parables. And I wanted to uh, place in this intro some section of scripture. So we're going to look today at uh, Psalm 78, uh, starting in verse 2. And the psalmist says, uh, I'll sing a song that imparts wisdom, and I'll make insightful observations about the past. Uh, What we've heard and learned, that which our ancestors have told us, we will not hide from our descendants. Uh, We will tell the next generation about the Lord's praiseworthy acts and his strength and the amazing things that he has done. And so uh, the Lord comes and he speaks in language maybe that is, is hidden. And he says, but we've been commanded. One translation says, uh, let me pull this translation up because it's important for this to come out right. It says uh, in verse 2, I'll open my mouth in a parable. To use instruction, utilizing numerous examples or storylines, I'm going to utter dark sayings that come out of old that are hidden that have important truth in them. And so that's to emphasize what I'm saying to you today. And then also he says, when we heard and we came into a knowledge of these truths, our forefathers told us or our fathers told us, and we have made a decision. We're not going to hide them from our children, but we're going to tell them to the generation to come, the praiseworthy deeds of our Lord and his might, the wonderful works that he has performed. So, one of the things, and I've really struggled with this, and you can ask our team and staff with OOMZ, you know, personally struggle to basically shelve this prophetic work that God has given us to give to you and to ignite a fire in the remnant and cause the overcomers to uh, to come forward to for this pioneering of a glorified body. And I'm just about to shelve it because of uh, going through some difficult places in ministry. And I was really challenged, uh, especially by my uh, friend and colleague, Henry Todd. You know, don't do not do that, Pastor. Listen, they need to hear. And that's 
that's what's going on with these podcasts is it's, it's for you to hear. And so uh, when you get into verse 5, it says, He established a testimony and expressed precept in Jacob and appointed it a law in Israel, commanding our fathers that they should make known the great facts of God's dealing with Israel known to their children. So here's the thing. I said, Lord, do you want me to tell these stories? Yes, I said, but they're very individualistic. Uh, and they're going out to a collective. I don't want my life story to color all of your stories so that it, in a way, diminishes into your story. I was really wrestling with that. And he says, no, I'm giving you a command to tell about my great deeds in your life because it's going to connect to their lives. And they're going to feel like empowered by uh, by me to believe their story. And out of their story, it's going to create this great tapestry that we all share together as Christ's body. And so so when I saw that, hey, you've been given a command to do this, well, you've been given a command to tell the parabolic story. Why? So a generation might know them, know the stories, and the children will, that are not even born into the kingdom yet will arise and recount it to their children that their hope is in God. What is the Lord's purpose on all of this podcast? And what we're doing is that you will place your hope in the man Jesus Christ and you will not forget his works uh, and you will keep his commandments. Uh, We don't want to be stubborn. We don't want to be rebellious. We don't want to shelve what the Lord's give us. We want to tell the story. We're going to start that by by saying that um, Jesus, like in Matthew 13, he says, uh, he, he cries out, let the one who has ears, hey, you better listen up. Or he, when he says, hey, listen, he, and he's using this language like, behold, I'm trying to get your attention. He isn't saying that because our natural ears can hear this message. He's speaking by the Spirit that it's going to take spirit to spirit for you to connect with me. He says, listen. And, and so the disciples come to him and they said, why, do you, why are you speaking in parables? And he, he says this, the Lord says this. He says, you have been given the opportunity to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but they have not. For whoever is given more will have an abundance, but whoever does not have what he has will be taken from him. So first of all, and I'm going to just reference Proverbs 25 too, it's the glory of God. It's his glory to conceal his wisdom or to conceal a matter, it says, but it's the glory of a king to search it out. And so we, we don't we want to be diligent in the searching out of of the Lord in these uh, moments that uh, that we go through, we don't don't get a word from God and not and, and not go after it. So what is he saying? He said, "I'm making this truth uh, difficult, so that you're going to have to search, and I'm making it easy because by my grace you can hear it ringing with your spirit that says that's the Lord, and that hunger will propel you forward in the love of God." So he says, "Okay, so." I'm speaking to them in parables. They see, but they don't see. And although they hear, they don't They don't understand. And it's uh, concerning the prophecy of Isaiah. says, you will listen carefully, yet you will not understand. You, you will look closely, yet you will never comprehend. For the heart of this people has become what dull. As I, I said earlier, they're hard of hearing. They shut their eyes. 
so that they will not see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn. Because if they would, he says, I would heal them. Listen, don't just, you know, you see galactic progeny. You're going to see a lot of things maybe uh, that's going to come out through this. It's going to be language that's unfamiliar with you. Don't just easily write this thing off right off the bat. Let me share with you. Please don't. I'm asking you, please don't just write uh, this off and say, I can't be the Lord. Um, Recognize within ourselves a, a contrition and a, a trembling at the word of God that we would listen to what the spirit of the Lord is saying in this end time generation uh, before he returns. Don't turn away from him. Uh, let him heal you. And so he says, uh, but your eyes, he's speaking to his, the ones who had went out on the fringe with him. He says, your eyes are blessed because they see your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. What is he saying? This is radical. You mean the prophetic movement might have struggle with this? Well, that's what the word saying. He said, they struggle with me. And even the ones who've got all their act together and are leaving, I mean, living like really great lifestyles and they got their situational ethics figured out and they're, they're good people, they're not even seeing this. That's what the Lord said, not me. And he says, and to hear, but they didn't hear. And then he goes into the parable of the sower. And and so I think that you see that you see you see that we really have got to humble ourselves before the word of God and and, and really listen to him. Now in first uh Timothy it's one eighteen, Timothy put this chart excuse me, Paul put this charge before Timothy. And he says, uh, Timothy, my child or my son, in keeping with the prophecies once spoken about you, in order that with such encouragement you might fight the good fight, do this, you must hold firmly to the faith with a good conscience, which some have rejected and have suffered shipwreck in regard to the faith. And he, and he goes on to speak of Hymenaeus and Alexander, who have been handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. What's Paul saying? And what I'm hoping that you're seeing today is there needs to be a generational transfer. There, the, the fathers that have went through and learned like Paul and like the psalmist is writing here and given the command of the fathers is to tell the children, hey, listen, it's, you're going to need to take the prophetic word that's been spoken over your life and gain courage to fight this good fight. I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm sure that maybe you already know this or maybe you're going to learn it, but one of the greatest tactics of our enemy is to discourage you. If he can get you discouraged, uh, he, he'll take the fire out of you and he'll get you where you don't speak. And I, you know, I, I know this very well because I've dealt with onslaughts of discouragement to just shut down what the Lord has shared with me and I'm going to share with you in these 25 or so podcasts. But what does he say? You've got to hold firmly to this prophetic word that has come to you in your faith walk. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's, it's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest you'd have something to boast in. Listen, whatever God's doing in your life, it comes from His grace. 
It's not because you willed or ran or because you tried to make it happen or didn't try to make it happen. It's because God appointed it to happen in your life. And it's and so we can rest in that. However, we have to have that with a good conscience. What's he saying about that? Well, don't let your your good be evil spoken of. It, it, it means that your conscience, there is a place where your conscience can be free before the Lord every day. Now, does that mean that you're not a sinner? No. Does that mean you're perfect? No. But as far as you know, from day to day, you are abiding with what God has placed in your life. And if you need to make a course correction, which we call repentance, that you turn to him and say, Lord, I come in agreement with your word. I course correct today. And that is a good conscience. You know, First John 1, 9 says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's not some unrighteousness. It's not 98% of unrighteousness. It says all. Now, that means that you have to come to confession. There's a group of people that say there's no confession and, and you're just righteous. And I want to tell you that's a, that kind of thinking comes out of the hyper grace movement is dangerous thinking. If the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, then come to him and come in agreement with him. Confess your sin to him. He's so gracious to forgive and give you grace and to be cleansed. And from all unrighteousness, at that point, in that confession, you're walking in a place of righteousness. Is it your own righteousness? No. It's the Lord's righteousness. Let's just make that clear. He says, so now we've got to hold firmly to the faith and with a good conscience. Now some have have rejected this message. And they've either went into a harsh holiness and a rigidity that's, you know, older brotherish and, and looking down on everybody that doesn't live up to their twenty eight standards, or they've just thrown the whole baby out with the bathwater and they went into a hyper grace thing and they you know, they live like hell thinking you're gonna go you're gonna inherit eternal life or inherit kingdom. I just wanna bring balance to that. And, and just tell you that you'll have peace with God when your conscience is clean before him. So he's saying that don't, and, and I'm going to tell you, if, if you are listening to this and you have suffered shipwreck in your life, listen, turn to the Lord. Uh, you might get a thousand steps away from him, but he's one step back. You just turn to him, make things right with him today. And let's do a reset and just say, hey, uh, Jesus, I'm, I'm yours and I, I want to live for you. And hey, I, I don't want you coming back in the clouds and uh, realizing that my whole entire self is, is not given over to you. Okay, now, so from that, I wanted to move into uh, Matthew 17 and work out why, you know, we've entitled this the black hole because. Um, there's no way that I'm going to be able to cover the whole concept here, uh, but I want to make an attempt here that Matthew 17 was a transfiguration of Christ. Okay, and so Jesus, for the most part, is this great healer. Uh, Isaiah 53 said he was not comely that we should look upon him. He's hanging out with his guys and, and gals, and he's and he's uh, uh, revealing revealing the nature of the Father through healing and miracles, and he's. Uh, his life is coming forward, and they see love in him. Uh, he takes uh, Peter, James, and John up on the mount, uh, and and he's transfigured before them. 
meaning that his kingship and the royalty of who he is is revealed to them. Well, these guys are like, man, they fall flat on their face. They're terrified. It's uh, His face shines like bright as the sun. His clothing goes white as light. And we probably don't even have the words to describe him. And there's Moses. There's Elijah. There's the the law and the prophets right beside them. And the apostolic band, Peter speaks up, hey, let's build some structures. And they want to go into constructing. And the Father, I believe, thunders down from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hey, listen to what he has to say. Well, I think this is pretty important for us to listen to. So Jesus comes to them and says, hey, get up and don't be afraid. Now, you've seen me in my glory that I'm a king. Uh, you've been seeing me in my drab clothing and my sandals and my my regular look is in humanity, but this is who I am, and I want to reveal myself to you. So when they raise their eyes, there's no one there but Jesus. And verse 9 says, as they were going down the mountain, Jesus cautioned and commanded them, Do not mention to anyone what you have seen for the Son of Man until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And he's speaking of himself. At this point, he has not been resurrected. And the disciples said, well, then why, why did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he replied, Elijah does come, and he's going to restore everything or restore all things. Well, you know, I was asking the Lord, and he talked to me about this, and this is something that I, you know, I really want to emphasize today in this, in this podcast is, the Lord says, so many of you, are seeking to you you get into the prophetic and you get into your ministry gifts and all that and you seek to actualize one another because you need that encouragement from one another and that, there's a season that we go through in this where we really need encouragement and we really need uh, someone to pat us on the back and say hey you know you're you really are hearing from the Lord and and, there, and there's nothing wrong with that um, especially for a season but but Jesus says, hey, I don't want y'all to talk about the greatness of my kingship. I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about the restoration of family. And I want to talk about the void that's inside of man. When he says this about Elijah, in effect, he's drawing back on uh, the Baptist, John the Baptist ministry. And he's drawing even before that in Malachi 4, 5, and 6. And in Malachi 4, 5, and 6, it's talking about the heart of the Father being turned to the children and the children to the Father, unless the Lord comes and smites the earth with a curse. What is he saying? He's like, I want you guys, you're my main, my main guys, I want you to put an emphasis on the void that is in man. Now, I'll resurrect your ministries, and I'll resurrect what I have for you, but I, I want you to focus on... This thing that the Lord ends up calling, uh, telling me is black hole. The, this void. He's like, I want you to go after the void in the room, the black hole in the room. I want you to seek out uh, my heart for others before you actualize and are excited about your own prophetic story. Go find uh, the place. And uh, I just want to. This just happened at a conference that I was at. Uh, well, we were at the One Thing Conference out in Kansas City, and um, one of my dear friends, Jeff Manning, and I, I, I was looking for him, and we were going to meet, and 
you know, I, I really like to talk with him because there's this affirmation and friendship that we have, and we're talking about the conference events that are going on. I was going to meet with him, and the Holy Spirit says, uh, hey, uh, didn't you bring these two boys with you? And I said, yes. He said, I, I want you to go back there, and I want you to uh, sit with them and pray for them. And he said, spoke to me while I'm on my way back there, and he said, what's their names? And I said, Caleb and Elijah. And he said, and, and Caleb, what tribe is he from? I said, Judah. And he said, well, I want you to think of Caleb kind of like this picture of resurrection, you know, of kingship that comes forth in Matthew 17 and 17. And he says, and who, who's the other guy? And I said, Elijah. And he said, and, and I really want to uh, you think about who he is. And I said, yeah, you, you said Elijah's coming. He's going to restore all things. And and so I went back there. These two young men, they're, they're uh, in their latter, latter teens. And I just put my arm on Caleb and, and Elijah. And my, my hand is on Elijah's neck and my arm is on my left arm. And my arm is on Caleb. And, and we just started to pray. Man, I the crown of my head got touched with the heart of the Father. So much love, I just started to weep. And I, I felt the power of God come through my top of my head, go through my left arm and touch Elijah in the hand, hand on his neck. And that boy just doubled over. I felt so much love pour through. Now, Elijah starts to quake under the power of God and the love of a father. And then I, we just we were all you know just sitting there weeping, and then all of a sudden another wave of the glory of the love of the Father came through, and Elijah doubled over all the way down onto his knees, and he's just shaking and quivering, and Caleb's just lightly you know he's being touched by the Lord, and the Lord said, "See, see, that's the black hole. I, I want to restore, and I want to heal, and and I don't think Elijah, hopefully, might be telling you this. He's really quiet, and I." Just love this kid, but I, Caleb and Elijah and I went back to our room, our, our room that night, and I said, "What, what happened with you guys? You know, what you, you want to share with me?" And Caleb said, "You know, I came to this conference with an expectation that God was going to show up a certain way. You know what? He didn't show up the way I thought He would." And I said, "You know, Caleb, there's a difference between expectation and expecting. You know, if we put a place an expectation on God." You know, the Father, we, we may get offended or we may draw back. And I was like, but you should expect him to come. You know, he's going to come in his own way and the way he wants to. And Caleb said, you know, you know, Carol really, you know, he really has come to me. But and it's so wonderful. And uh, Elijah, I think Caleb went out of the room. Elijah said, yeah, something happened to me, Carol. And I said, well, I said, well you don't have to share if you don't want to. He's like, well, I want to tell you what happened. He said, you know, I had a vision after this encounter with the Lord, and he said, you and me and the Father, we were all dancing together down in the foyer. And I said, oh, no way, Elijah. He's like, yeah, I was just dancing before the Lord, and you were dancing, and we were so excited together. And, you know, hopefully someday some of y'all meet these two young men. They're just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, after that, I had the greatest time and I and it was so wonderful I got to go spend time with uh, one of the worship leaders that had been in ministry with Christopher Ford and I think you'll get to hear some of his music uh, through this podcast but 
uh, we just sat down and we hadn't really been able to connect for almost five to seven years and the Lord put that connection together. And some of my own desires after that, there was a small little uh, convening with uh, Jeff Manning and Paul Hughes and Carrie Merritt. And we got to just go through uh, the Melchizedek order. And I believe Brad Ames came up and um, and Francis, uh, this this uh, awesome young man. And we're just all there in this group together. And the Holy Spirit's ministering and moving. And the Lord said, you know, never forget uh, the black hole. And I, I really want to challenge you generationally. On a, every generation, the reason why so many of us are struggling is because we're going to try to fill that void through technology, uh, entertainment, uh, things, idols, I, you know, other objects, uh, other people. And the Lord's like, if you would go lose your life, you'll find it. And if you want to see something awaken, go for the black hole. Well, that's what I have for you today. And, and like I said, you're, you're going to hear approximately 25 personal stories. I call it autobio because it's an autobiography of, of these stories that have will spark the fire in this movement. And I want you to hear them. And so um, you'll pick up and out of this and go towards those. Now, let me, uh, let's just go before the Word for just a minute and... Um, and recapture some things with him. Well, Jesus, here we are. We're about to launch into, I pray, Lord, the movement that's going to bring you back. You said you were retained in the heavens until the restoration of all things. And I just ask you today for everyone listening to this podcast, uh, that they would be encouraged. They would know they're awesome. That we're part of a royal family that we are royals, that we're made up of a, a class that is a God class, that you've called us and ordained us and that, uh, to be your sons and daughters. And I just ask you today that, that we would contend and fight the good fight of faith, that when our life looks like a stigma and it doesn't make sense to everybody else, and it's so peculiar and people have called us names or whatever, that we'd go all the way on the line uh, for you that we wouldn't hold back, that this would so encourage our hearts that we would just be who you are living your life through us. And uh, I just ask you for that today. Bless everyone under the sound of this podcast um, to be encouraged and strengthened with might and inner man. Amen. Yeah.
Our eyes have been on. 